we say to America is be true to what you said on paper. If I lived in China or even Russia or any totalitarian country, maybe I could understand some of these illegal injunctions. Maybe I could understand the denial of certain basic First Amendment privileges because they haven't committed themselves to that over there. But somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly. Somewhere I read of the freedom of speech. Somewhere I read of the freedom of press. Somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest far right. So just as I say we aren't going to let any dogs or water hoses turn us around, we aren't going to let any injunction turn us around. Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. anybody I would like to live a long life longevity has its place but I'm not concerned about that now I just want to do God's will and he's allowed me to go up to the mountain and I've looked over and I've seen the promised land I may not get there with you but I want you to know the night that we as a people will get to the promised land so I'm happy tonight I'm not worried about anything I'm not fearing any man mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord The I've Been to the Mountaintop speech, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., April 3rd, 1968, at the Bishop Charles Mason Temple in Memphis, Tennessee. His I've Been to the Mountaintop speech turned out to be his last. The next evening, April 4th, 1968, at 6.05 p.m., Martin Luther King Jr. was shot dead while standing on a balcony outside his second-floor room at the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee, by a 40-year-old escaped fugitive, James Earl Ray, who later confessed to the assassination of the civil rights leader. Ray was sentenced to a 99-year prison term. Ray died in 1998. This is Martin Luther King's Civil Rights Day in New Hampshire, a day to honor the memory of Dr. King and the civil rights movement in the United States. This is Kale and Company Live on WKXL and NHTalkRadio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at NEDelta.com 
or DeltaDentalCoversMe.com. The first observance of a Martin Luther King Day was January 18, 1986. It was signed into law by President Ronald Reagan, but there were a number of states that initially resisted another federal holiday, and among those states on the front line of resistance were Alabama, Mississippi, Arizona, Arkansas, and yes, New Hampshire. It wasn't until the fall of 1999 that the Granite State officially recognized Martin Luther King Jr. Day as an official state holiday. It was in June of 2000 that then-Governor Gene Shaheen signed the measure into law. One of today's uh, New Hampshire celebrations of Dr. King will take place at Manchester Memorial High School, which is located at One Crusader Way in Manchester. Uh, that celebration is going to run from 1 to 4 this afternoon, with doors opening at 12.10 p.m. In addition, the Courier Museum of Art at uh, 150 Ash Street in Manchester is hosting a Martin Luther King Jr. celebration for the community. The celebration will include renowned New Hampshire artist Richard Haynes as he leads a public discussion and a mural project focusing on the enduring themes of hope and resilience from the civil rights movement. And uh, you will also have the opportunity to learn more about Dr. King's legacy, make collaborative art, see work from uh, local schools, and take a special tour connected to the uh, mural project that I just talked about. The uh, Courier is also uh, working to collect new socks, comfortable clothing, and personal hygiene items to support displaced youth. Uh, the event at the uh, Courier uh, Gallery of Art in Manchester gets underway today at 11 a.m. And again, the uh, Courier located at 150 Ash Street in Manchester. In Portsmouth this evening at the Seacoast Repertory Theater in Portsmouth, Dr. King's legacy will be honored in an event called Set the House on Fire, a gospel concert. Pre-show music will start at 5 p.m. and the concert begins at 5.30. Tickets are $15 for adults, $12 for seniors, students, and veterans. Theater is located at 125 Bow Street in Portsmouth. So, uh, New Hampshire honoring the late Martin Luther King Jr. today as uh, New Hampshire celebrates Martin Luther King Day, Civil Rights Day, on this holiday Monday. By the way, uh, this year, holiday falling on uh, Monday the 16th, it's a federal holiday. And that means government agencies, banks, and many corporate offices will be closed for the day. Non-essential government offices, such as the Department of Motor Vehicles, uh, public libraries, and city offices will be closed. State and federal courthouses will also be closed. So uh, check ahead for uh, those guidelines. And the U.S. Postal Service will be closed, so there will be no regular mail deliveries Today, other delivery services, including uh, UPS and FedEx, will be operating, though FedEx Express and FedEx Ground Economy 
will have modified services. The New York Stock Exchange and NASDAQ are closed today. It's a banking holiday, so most banks will not be open. Of course, ATMs and online banking services will be available. But uh, the big retailers like uh, Target, Walmart, Costco, Sam's Club, and uh, major grocery stores will stay open, as will uh, most national chains. However, to make uh, sure, uh, check in with the uh, local restaurants or stores before you go today. We're going to take uh, this opportunity uh, during today's edition of Kale and Country, uh, Kale and Company, to uh, replay uh, some of the uh, outstanding speeches uh, of Martin Luther King's fight for civil rights uh, in this country. Uh, we will hear in our next segment uh, a speech that he gave in opposition to the uh, war in Vietnam called Beyond uh, Vietnam. In our uh, third segment today, we will hear what uh, unquestionably is uh, Dr. King's most famous address, and that is the I Have a Dream speech. And then in the fourth segment today, uh, we're going to be hearing his remarks as he accepted the Nobel Peace Prize on December 10th, 1964 in Oslo, Norway. So we will be uh, dedicating most of this show today to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on this Martin Luther King, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Civil Rights Day here in New Hampshire. It is also today the uh, National Day of Service to coincide with uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Civil Rights Day and Religious Freedom Day. Uh, those two have also been uh, designated to take place uh, today on this uh, Monday, the 16th of January. do want to remind you that, uh, unfortunately, our transmitter at uh, 103.9 on the FM dial, our transmitter was uh, uh, damaged severely during our late December uh, windstorm that took place, and we are working to get that back on the air as soon as possible. But you can find WKXL online 24 hours a day at nhtalkradio.com at 1450 on the AM dial or at 101.9 FM in Manchester, Goffstown, Bedford, Bow, Derry, Londonderry, you name it. Great signal at the 101.9 on your FM dial. Kale & Company presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at anydelta.com or deltadentalcoversme.com. Coming up in the next segment, we will hear more from uh, Martin Luther King Jr. on the day that uh, we commemorate uh, his life and service to this United States of America. We'll take a break, and Kale and Company continues right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Kale and Company live on this Monday as we honor the legacy of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Four years after President John F. Kennedy sent the first American troops into Vietnam, Martin Luther King Jr. issued his first public statement on the war, answering questions from the press after addressing a Howard University audience 
on March 2nd, 1965. King asserted that the war in Vietnam was accomplishing nothing and called for a negotiated settlement. As the Vietnam War continued to rage, King began to see it as a civil rights issue as well. On April 4th, 1967, he spoke at the Riverside Church in New York about his views on the war. So I was increasingly compelled to see the war as an enemy of the poor and to attack it as such. Perhaps a more tragic recognition of reality took place when it became clear to me that the war was doing far more than devastating the hopes of the poor at home. It was sending their sons and their brothers and their husbands to fight and to die in extraordinarily high proportions relative to the rest of the population. We were taking the black young men who had been crippled by our society and sending them 8,000 miles away to guarantee liberties in Southeast Asia, which they had not found in Southwest Georgia and East Harlem. So we have been repeatedly faced with the cruel irony of watching Negro and white boys on TV screens as they kill and die together for a nation that has been unable to seat them together in the same schools. So we watch them in brutal solidarity, burning the huts of a poor village, but we realize that they would hardly live on the same block in Chicago. I could not be silent in the face of such cruel manipulation of the poor. My third reason moves to an even deeper level of awareness, for it grows out of my experience in the ghettos of the North over the last three years, especially the last three summers, as I have walked among the desperate, rejected, and angry young men. I have told them that Molotov cocktails and rifles would not solve their problems, I have tried to offer them my deepest compassion while maintaining my conviction that social change comes most meaningfully through nonviolent action. But they ask, and rightly so, what about Vietnam? They ask if our own nation wasn't using massive doses of violence to solve its problems, to bring about the changes it wanted. Their questions hit home, and I knew that I could never again raise my voice against the violence of the oppressed in the ghettos without having first spoken clearly to the greatest purveyor of violence in the world today, my own government. For the sake of those boys, for the sake of this government, for the sake of the hundreds of thousands trembling under our violence, I cannot be silent. For those who ask the question, aren't you a civil rights leader? And thereby mean to exclude me from the movement for peace. I have this further answer. In 1957, when a group of us formed the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, 
we chose as our motto to save the soul of America. We were convinced that we could not limit our vision to certain rights for black people, but instead affirmed the conviction that America would never be free or saved from itself until the descendants of its slaves were loose completely from the shackles they still wear. Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., and uh, that speech again was uh, on April 4th, 1967. By the way, uh, a statue of Martin Luther King was unveiled and dedicated this weekend on the Boston Common. As uh, many of you probably know, uh, Dr. King uh, spent uh, a while studying at uh, Boston University. And uh, so Boston was uh, special to him. He was very special to uh, Boston uh, as well. And so the uh, lives of Martin Luther King Jr. and Coretta Scott King are being memorialized now and forever on uh, the Boston Common. And uh, the statue is uh, meant to inspire uh, visitors and honor the King's legacy, uh, the work uh, was done by a, a uh, conceptual artist, uh, and uh, it's it's a wonderful thing to see. And uh, it was unveiled Friday on Boston Common, which is America's oldest city park in downtown Boston. The bronze structure, which is 20 feet long and 26 feet wide, titled The Embrace, depicts the arms, shoulders, and hands of the kings hugging after Martin Luther King uh, received the Nobel Peace Prize in 1964. And uh, a little while we'll be hearing that acceptance speech and uh, that moment when he uh, accepted the Nobel Peace Prize in 1964 uh, is immortalized in a famous photo, which inspired the work that is now on Boston Common. Uh, the uh, conceptual artist uh, is named Hank Willis Thomas, and uh, he had no idea that he would be instrumental in commemorating the lives of Martin Luther King and Coretta Scott King, but when his application was selected out of 125 artists and architects to design a new monument in Boston, uh, he was shocked, but uh, it was unveiled on Friday. By the way, some facts about uh, Martin Luther King that many of you perhaps uh, don't know. Uh, he was born Michael King Jr. on January 15, 1929. In 1934, however, his father, who was a pastor at Atlanta's Ebenezer Baptist Church, traveled to Germany and became inspired by the Protestant Reformation leader Martin Luther. And as a result, Mr. King Sr. changed his own name as well as that of his five-year-old son. And uh, Martin Luther King was such a gifted student that he skipped grades 9 and 12 before enrolling in 1944 at Morehouse College, the alma mater of his father and maternal grandfather, although uh, he was the son of grandson and great-grandson of Baptist ministers, King did not intend to follow the family vocation until Morehouse President Benjamin E. Mays, a noted theologian, convinced him otherwise. 
King was ordained a minister before graduating college with a degree in sociology. Six years before his iconic oration at the March on Washington, the uh, I Have a Dream speech, of course, which we'll be hearing in just a few minutes from now, King was among the civil rights leaders who spoke in the shadow of the great emancipator during the prayer pilgrimage for freedom on May 17, 1957, before a crowd estimated between 15,000 and 30,000, King delivered his first national address on the topic of voting rights. His speech, in which he urged America to give us the ballot, drew strong reviews and positioned him at the forefront of civil rights leadership. And, according to the King Center, the civil rights leader went to jail 29 times. He was arrested for acts of civil disobedience and on trumped-up charges, such as when he was jailed in Montgomery, Alabama in 1956 for driving 30 miles per hour in a 25-mile-per-hour zone. Our tribute and salute today to the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. will continue, and our next segment is going to feature perhaps one of the most famous speeches of all time by anyone. And you'll be hearing that in just a few minutes right here at Kale & Company Live on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome back to our tribute and remembrance of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. It was on August 28th, 1963. The Reverend Martin Luther King, Jr. gave what many believe to be one of the greatest speeches of the 20th century. He called for an end to racism in his I Have a Dream speech in front of more than a quarter of a million people gathered at the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. During the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom, that is when it took place, uh, the 17-minute speech was a clarion call for uh, everyone to put aside, put aside, its, uh, put aside divisive ways and to live out its dream of equality for now. So here now, an excerpt of Martin Luther King's I have a dream, a dream speech on August 28, 1963. So even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have 
have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racist, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. Yeah. One day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted. And every hill and mountain shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is a faith that I go back to the South with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day, this will be the day with all of God's children be able to sing with new meaning my country tears of thee sweet land of liberty of thee i sing land where my fathers died land of the pilgrim's pride from every mountainside let freedom ring and if america is to be a great nation this must become true and so let freedom ring from the prodigious hilltops of new hampshire let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring, and when this happens, and when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, 
we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Considered to be one of the uh, most iconic speeches of the 20th century, that delivered by the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., August 28th. 1963 in front of more than a quarter of a million people at the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. As we mentioned, uh, Dr. King was assassinated on April the 4th, 1968 in Memphis, Tennessee. And on September 20th, 1958, almost uh, 10 years prior to that, uh, Dr. King was in Harlem signing copy, copies of his new book, Stride Toward Freedom, in Bloomstein's department store when he was approached by Isola Ware Curry. Uh, the woman asked if he was, in fact, Martin Luther King Jr., and after he said yes, Curry said, I've been looking for you for five years, and then plunged a seven-inch letter opener into the chest of Dr. King. The tip of the blade came to rest alongside his aorta, and King underwent hours of delicate emergency surgery. Surgeons later told Dr. King that just one squeeze could have punctured the aorta and killed him. From his hospital bed where he convalesced for weeks, Dr. King issued a statement affirming his nonviolent principles saying he felt no ill will toward his mentally ill attacker. That was on uh, September 20th, 1958, where he was attacked in Harlem and uh, just a little less than 10 years later assassinated in Memphis, Tennessee by James Earl Ray. We will take a break. We are honoring the legacy today of Dr. Martin Luther King on Martin Luther King Jr. Civil Rights Day in the Granite State. It is Kale & Company presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at anydelta.com or deltadentalcoversme.com. Back with more of our tribute to Martin Luther King Jr., right after these words on WKXL and NHtalkradio.com. Kale and Company live for this Monday. Dr. Martin Luther King, Civil Rights Day in New Hampshire. A little more than a year after the I Have a Dream speech in our nation's capital, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. On December 10, 1964, Dr. King said he accepted the honor on behalf of the Civil Rights Movement. Hear now a portion of that acceptance speech from the auditorium of the University of Oslo in Norway. Your Majesty, Your Royal Highness, Mr. President, Excellences, ladies and gentlemen, 
I accept the Nobel Prize for Peace at a moment when 22 million Negroes of the United States are engaged in a creative battle to end the long night of racial injustice. I accept this award on behalf of a civil rights movement which is moving with determination and a majestic scorn for risk and danger to establish a reign of freedom and a rule of justice. I am mindful that only yesterday in Birmingham, Alabama, our children crying out for brotherhood were answered with fire hoses, snarling dogs, and even death. I am mindful that only yesterday in Philadelphia, Mississippi, young people seeking to secure the right to vote were brutalized and murdered. I am mindful that debilitating and grinding poverty afflicts my people and chains them to the lowest rung of the economic ladder. Therefore, I must ask why this prize is awarded to a movement which is beleaguered and committed to unrelenting struggle to a movement which has not yet won the very peace and brotherhood which is the essence of the Nobel Prize. After contemplation, I conclude that this award which I receive on behalf of that movement is a profound recognition that nonviolence is the answer to the crucial political and moral questions of our time. The need for man to overcome oppression and violence without resorting to violence and oppression. Civilization and violence are antithetical concepts. Negroes of the United States following the people of India have demonstrated that nonviolence is not sterile passivity, but a powerful moral force which makes for social transformation. Sooner or later, all the peoples of the world will have to discover a way to live together in peace and thereby transform this pending cosmic elegy into a creative psalm of brotherhood. If this is to be achieved, man must evolve for all human conflict, a method which rejects revenge, aggression, and retaliation. The foundation of such a method is love. The torturous road which has led from Montgomery, Alabama to Oslo bears witness to this truth. 
This is a road over which millions of Negroes are traveling to find a new sense of dignity. This same road has opened for all Americans a new era of progress and hope. It has led to a new civil rights bill. And it will, I am convinced, be widened and lengthened into a superhighway of justice as Negro and white men in increasing numbers create alliances to overcome their common problems. I accept this award today with an abiding faith in America and an audacious faith in the future of mankind. I refuse to accept despair as the final response to the ambiguities of history. I refuse to accept the idea that the isness of man's present nature makes him morally incapable of reaching up for the eternal oughtness that forever confronts him. I refuse to accept the idea that man is mere floatsam and jetsam in the river of life, unable to influence the unfolding events which surround him. I refuse to accept the view that mankind is so tragically bound to the starless midnight of racism and war that the bright daybreak of peace and brotherhood can never become a reality. I refuse to accept the cynical notion that nation after nation must spiral down a militaristic stairway into the hell of nuclear annihilation. I believe that un unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word in reality. This is why right temporarily defeated is stronger than evil triumphant. I believe that even amid today's mortar bursts and whining bullets, that is still hope for a brighter tomorrow. I believe that wounded justice, lying prostrate on the blood-flowing streets of our nations, can be lifted from this dust of shame to reign supreme among the children of men. I have the audacity to believe that peoples everywhere can have three meals a day for their bodies, education and culture for their minds, and dignity, equality, and freedom for their spirits. I believe that what self-centered men have torn down, men other-centered can build up. I still believe that one day mankind will bow before the altars of God and be crowned triumphant over war and bloodshed and nonviolent redemptive goodwill proclaim the rule of the land and the lion and the lamb shall lie down together and every man shall sit under his own vine and fig tree and none shall be afraid. I still believe that we shall overcome.
This faith can give us courage to face the uncertainties of the future. It will give our tired feet new strength as we continue our forward stride toward the city of freedom. When our days become dreary with low hovering clouds and our nights become darker than a thousand midnights, we will know that we are living in the creative turmoil of a genuine civilization struggling to be born. Today I come to Oslo as a trustee, inspired and with renewed dedication to humanity. I accept this prize on behalf of all men who love peace and brotherhood. I say I come as a trustee, but in the depths of my heart, I am aware that this prize is much more than an honor to me personally. Every time I take a flight, I am always mindful of the many people who make a successful journey possible, the known pilots and the unknown ground crew. You honor the dedicated pilots, of our struggle, who has set at the controls as the freedom movement soared into orbit. You honor once again Chief Latuli of South Africa, who struggles with and for his people, are still met with the most brutal expression of man's inhumanity to man. You honor the ground crew without whose labor and sacrifice, the jet flights to freedom could never have left the earth. Most of these people will never make the headlines, and their names will never appear in who's who. Yet when years have rolled past, and when the blazing light of truth is focused on this marvelous age in which we live, Men and women will know and children will be taught that we have a finer land, a better people, a more noble civilization because these humble children of God were willing to suffer for righteousness sake. I think Alfred Nobel would know what I mean when I say I accept this award in the spirit of a curator of some precious heirloom which he holds in trust for its true owners, all those to whom truth is beauty and beauty truth, and in whose eyes the beauty of genuine brotherhood and peace is more precious than diamonds or silver or gold. Thank you. The fight for civil rights did not end with the Nobel Peace Prize. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. continued his work until the day he died in 1968, and his activism for civil rights and his words and teachings will live on forever. And today, we celebrate the life and times of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., born January 15, 1929, in Atlanta, Georgia, and died by assassination at the age of 39 on April 4th, 1968. 
Again, one of today's uh, New Hampshire celebrations of Dr. King will take place at Memorial High School in Manchester. That's located at One Crusader Way in Manchester. The celebration will run from 1 to 4 this afternoon with doors opening at 12.10 p.m. Uh, in addition, the Courier Museum of Art at 150 Ash Street in Manchester is hosting a Martin Luther King Jr. celebration for the community. And uh, that celebration will include renowned New Hampshire artist Richard Haynes as he leads a public discussion and mural project focusing on the enduring themes of hope and resilience from the civil rights movement. You'll have the opportunity to learn more about the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. We thank you very much for joining us today for our remembrance of Martin Luther King, Jr. So on behalf of producer Catherine Martinez, I'm Ken Kale, and remember in your thoughts and prayers today the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. If you missed any of this program or simply would like to hear it again, it will be repeated tonight just after 7 o'clock right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Kale and Company, presented by Northeast Delta Dental.